Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The scripture that, um, just kind of a side thought, has been rolling around. You can turn there, Psalms 90, and this is kind of the, in, just side note before I get into the message. Y'all all right with this? Side notes are good, right? Psalms 90. And it's not just because it's my birthday. These are things that have been on my heart uh, a lot. And um, important things. Psalms 90 verse 12, great, great psalm. Prayer of Moses. And um, If you haven't read it recently, I encourage you to do so. But the 12th verse he says, to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The Living Bible says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Mm. You know, I was thinking this afternoon, I'll never get 46 back. Yesterday I was 46. I will never see 46 again. I may see it, I, I, not may, I will see it 146 some of your eyes are all big. You will too. You will too. I'll see a thousand forty-six. I'll see a ten thousand forty-six. I'll see a million forty-six. I won't be here as it is right now. But we'll see those times. But we'll never see. I'll never see forty-six again. You'll never see yesterday again. We need to number our days and live them well. And uh, like I said, this is this is something uh, that. You know, living with an eternity mindset is on is something that's constantly the Lord's bringing to my attention. We've got to live with purpose. I believe the closer we get to the end, the more critical it is that we run with purpose. And we t- and for everybody, it's you're getting to the end of your life. You're one close one day closer to the next. You know, not being here, so you need to live every day with purpose, right? But if we only have a few years left, or or a few days, or a few minutes, if we knew we had a few minutes left, we would live those minutes really intentionally, wouldn't we? But we need to, there, he can teach us to number our days, but you have to want that, right? And really tonight's topic, I guess, kind of lines up with uh, making the most of our time. Uh, several years ago, actually, I went and looked, it was in 2015, I talked on the subject of discipleship. And it's hard to, to imagine, you know, that was six years ago, you know, time flies when you're having, time flies having fun or not, time flies, you know. And uh, six years ago, I talked about discipleship, and like I said, uh, you know, I just, I felt in my heart that I needed to, 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 to talk about some of these things tonight and try to get, try, well, we'll get through them in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we'll get through them tonight. Uh, uh, but felt it was important we, we talk about this tonight. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew uh, chapter 28 scriptures that we know real well. Matthew 28, 18th through not to the 20th of verses. Thank God. Thank God for his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I, did, I said I had a lot to cover. Don't let that discourage you before you even get started, you know. It'll be good for you tonight. You'll, you'll, you'll get a lot out of it. I believe you will if you listen. And if you don't, well, that's, you take that up with the Lord. I guess his word didn't work. So <laughs> I'm just messing with you. All right, so Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. I'm glad he got it all. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. Someone made the joke once that God likes short people because he said, hello, I'm with you. Always in the age. So, Mom, you're in good shape. But um, uh, notice here that he told us to make disciples, not just to make converts. And uh, I tell you what, I have a passion to reach people for Jesus. I know you do as well. I mean, we want to see people come to Christ. I, I want that more than, I mean, I, I, that's why we're here. And uh, all the other stuff, it is what it is, you know. But you want people to meet Jesus. You want people to run their race and to fulfill God's plan for life. Step into eternity, right? Make the most of their days while they're here. Redeem the time. Make the most of it. Step into eternity. Receive their full reward. And we got lots of fun stuff ahead of us. It's going to be great. And um, uh, so, you know, I want that. But, but he says to make disciples of all nations and not just uh, converts. And um, so we had talked about some of these things. And, and I really want to get down to some practical things I think will be a help to us. But just in review, um, what is a disciple? What, is, what does it mean to be a disciple? And, um, you know, a disciple is not. I, I did a message once on fan or follower. You know, are you a fan or a follower? They're a difference. You know, I'm, I'm a um, you can be a fan of a team, but you can also follow a team. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I, I'm a fan. I like them. And uh, I, I get that from Amy. You know, she's a, she was a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. She was a follower because she was a follower. She went to games. You know, she sat right on the ice, right on the glass. You know, I'm super envious. I'd love to go. I, if you've ever been to a hockey game, it's fun to watch. But I've never got to sit right up on the glass. But they had seats, you know, she'd sit right up on the glass and pound on the glass when the players came by, you know. She was a, she was a real follower of the sport. I'm a fan. And uh, I know, where's Tara? Is Tara here? She's not here tonight? I think they're moving, aren't they? Yeah, so she is a, she is a follower of the, the, Bruin, the Bruins and, and Penguins Bruin fans. We don't get along. And so she likes to harass me about stuff. Kind of like when Q tries to harass me about soccer and I'll talk about a certain team that I know he hates. And I really don't know anything about it. But I just say stuff just to aggravate him, you know, because he's a follower of Arsenal, and I'm just a fan of Manchester United. So when, when I can't give you a name or stat, you know, I have no idea what's going on. They run around, kick a ball. I don't know. And so Tara likes to harass me about hockey. I'm just a fan. I can't tell you who's playing, who's not playing. I know we're bad right now, but I don't know how bad. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm lightly involved. Well, a lot of times people are fans of the Lord, they like what it looks like. They like what it sounds like. They like the culture. We have our own church culture. There's church Christian culture. They like that. They think it's good. It generally speaking is productive. But you know, liking something and following something is entirely different. Following gets into the nitty gritty. Gets into the details of things. And um, one of the things about follower or about a, a true disciple, someone who's a disciple, not just a convert. Converts go to heaven. Converts go to heaven disciples walk in reward in heaven. There is a big difference. There are many people who go to heaven and they get their ticket, but they're not enjoying the reward that God intended for them to have. And I can tell you this, at the end of this life, that, yes, your ticket is, is going to matter. You're, we're all going to be so glad to be there. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that we're here and not somewhere else. We are so grateful to be here. And really... We'll say, you know, that's why people cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus because they're just so glad to be there, but they still have crowns. And what crowns you have to cast to present to the Lord, the crowns you have, the reward you walk in, really depends upon whether you're a fan or a follower, if you're a convert or a disciple. It's a big thing. It's, it's a big issue. 
And uh, Jesus told, told his disciples to make disciples of all nations. And so one of the things about disciples are, um, well, disciples basically a soldier in the kingdom. And I talked about this before, and I've got some, like I said, notes, I'm going to try to stick pretty close to this. But uh, a disciple is, is a soldier in a, in a nation, kind of like soldiers in our country. Citizens, I'm a citizen uh, of the nation, but a soldier goes a step further. Uh, and, and we on, that's why we honor our military. We honor our soldiers. We honor those people who serve in those positions, put their life on the line. Uh, but, you know, we can't, in this example, you can't all be soldiers. We can't all do those things. But we can't all be disciples. Uh, but a soldier is someone that goes above and beyond. They, they don't just do the, the minimum. They don't just enjoy the benefits of a place. They actually go in to fight for the, uh, uh, the will, the advancement, the, uh, the bettering of, of that nation, of that place. And that's what our military is doing for us and our police and different ones are doing for us. And so um, a disciple is to the kingdom of God like a soldier is to, to the U.S. or to a, to a, to a nation. And uh, the, the mentality of a soldier is different as well. They don't do what they do for a purpose uh, that is their own. They do it for someone else's purpose, for a purpose that's greater than ourselves or for themselves. You know, I know people are here tonight for different reasons, different, different situations, different things. Anytime we come together, you have people different different reasons, and we're all growing in these things. And, and we, want, we want insight. We want light and revelation so we can get things um, uh, uh, you know, fall more in line with God's heart in different areas. Uh, but you know, God's looking for those who will put the 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 will of, of and purpose of the kingdom, His kingdom, above their own, and live dedicated not for themselves, but for that, and for the purpose of, of the kingdom of God and for the advancement of His kingdom, His will being done on earth. He's looking for that. That's the difference between one of the differences between a disciple and just a convert. A convert is very much interested in what they get out of it, and we get a lot out of it. And, and he intends for us to get a lot out of it, and we don't even know yet what we'll, we're going to get out of it, right? Uh, but, but, a, but, a, but a disciple goes beyond that. They start, they start fighting for, contending for, uh, striving for uh, the will of God and, and um, what's happening on the earth. We read the scripture when I talked about this in 2015, Acts chapter uh, 16, I'll just make reference of it. It's talking about uh, Timothy when uh, Paul came across Timothy and, and then uh, presented him before the Jews and, and um, uh, there, there and, and uh, where they were, you know, Iconium and, and Lystra, Lystra and Iconium. And it says that in verse 5 of Acts 16, 5, it says, that, So all the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. And it was as a result of him finding Timothy and what he did. And it calls Timothy in the, the first verse. It says there, Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a cer- certain Jewish woman who believed. And it goes on to talk about, about that. And Timothy was somebody that, um, I tell you what, he went above and beyond doing what others would do. And because of that, he positioned himself to be used, be used greatly by God. And... Um, like I said, a disciple is not someone who does their bare minimum. They go above and beyond. I'm so glad that Jesus has that same mentality. He's an above and beyond Savior, right? And we want to be more like him. That's a great place to say amen. We want to be, a, we want to be more like him every single day. And um, I tell you, there is no cost that's too great for the kingdom of God. I said there's no cost that's too great for the kingdom of God. There's no cost too great for the kingdom of God. And I know some of these things you might say, well, what about this? What have things, anything we elevate 
above that. Now, and, and I can say, I'll be honest with you, we all have things that we're processing, right? That, we're, that we are laying on the altar. Anything that is difficult to lay on the altar is an idol that must be laid on the altar. Amen. That's true. And um, it's, it's an important thing we have this mindset that I'm going to do whatever is asked of us to do. I'm going to do whatever the Lord asks me to do, whatever his word says. That should be something we get settled in us that it doesn't matter what it looks like, what it sounds like, how hard it is. I'm going to do it. Even if I don't understand it, if the word says it, I'm going to do it. You do realize if we, if we limit things by what we understand, we're going to be in trouble. Because our understanding goes about this far because our pea brains only know just so much, you know. There's a lot of things out there that, that the Lord would instruct us to do, His Word commands us to do, that you can't really... Why is that? It doesn't matter, just obey. Amen? And that goes back to the second thing. Disciples are people who obey. Matthew 28, like, uh, we read the verse there. It says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority has been given to me, heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. That word observe means to attend to carefully. It's a keeping, complying with, and obeying. He said teaching them to observe, to attend to carefully, a keeping, complying with, or, or no, and obeying. He said, he said, teaching to observe all things that I have commanded you. That, word, that phrase that I've commanded you is to order or command to be done. And of course, all things just means all things. This is what Jesus instructed the disciples to do, to teach them to observe, to obey, comply with, to keep, to carefully attend to all the things that I've commanded to be done. That's what he said. A disciple someone is not in it for themselves and they're obedient. Obey is not a dirty word. It's not a, it's not a naughty four-letter word. It's a great word, but it is hard on the flesh. It's hard on the flesh, but it's such an important thing. Uh, they used to teach the kids, you know, uh, uh, do y'all still do the song, Obey, Oh, Oh, how does it go? Any of the, any of the young people here know that? Can you... When you were in the in primary, did you sing it in your sleep? Wake up, ah, oh, it's a nightmare. Obey your mom and dad. No, it's something we want to instill people to obey. And, uh, you know, obedience, I know we live in our culture, we're like free thinkers and we like to do our own thing. Uh, uh, um, you know, <laughs> there's some good in that when it comes to life on this earth and, and things, you know, and, and that's good. But when it comes to the kingdom of God and his word, we shouldn't be free thinkers. We should be captive thinkers to the word, right? We ought to be, we ought to put ourselves in obedience to the word of God. And so disciples are some people that, that obey. They understand lordship. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. We, they, uh, disciples people understand that it, life is not their own. That's a reality that we must, when I say that, we, myself included, we must come to this place. My life is not my own. That'd be great scripture to go and read, right? It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Say that with me. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. Woo. Those are good words right there. Disciples understand this. 
A disciple will, will put that to rest. A good soldier puts that to rest. When an order comes from a superior officer, there's no debating it. They just obey. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's get up and charge, what do they do? They get up and charge. If it's everybody else is charging, but I want you to go back and get something, what do they do? Sometimes that's equally as tough a decision to go back when everybody else is going forward. But if he gives somebody that instruction, they, they just learn to obey. I'm grateful. I am grateful that my parents taught me to obey and not understand first before I obey. There are still things the Lord tells me to do I don't understand. There are times you get up to minister, talk about this. Why? Have you ever been there, Pastor? You're like, what in the world would I talk about that for? Well, he knows more than we do, right? And it's good to understand. I'm not saying we shouldn't understand things. He wants us to understand things. Yeah, he does. But, but we shouldn't put that where that's the qualifier. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had parents who taught me to obey before they necessarily understood. More explanation would have been nice, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> eventually, I'm still waiting on it. But anyway, all right. Information doesn't make you a disciple. Formation does. Information doesn't make you a disciple. Formation does. Your flesh will want you to run from formation. Formation means an external force being exerted upon something. It is being formed, right? Information doesn't do that to you. Obeying does that to you. Allowing yourself to be moved and, and um, manipulated by the Spirit of God is what's important. Become a disciple isn't a certain level of scriptural knowledge. It's a status. You can, you can know a lot of scripture but not be a disciple. You can know a lot of scripture yet still be rebellious. I'm not looking at anybody. We, we, all, we all have to deal with this, don't we? We all got to deal with that old thing that says, yeah, yeah, but. That's good for them, but I'm going to do this. That's, that's not good. This should be one of our pursuits in life, obeying the Lord. So let's talk about some things that, um, 20 minutes already, some things that will be um, keys, not all of these, not all of them. I've talked about other things in times past, but um, keys to being an effective discipler. He, Jesus told them, Matthew, remember he said to go out and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe. Well, this is a command. I, when you talk about some of these things, you know, sometimes ministers, pastors, we get, it can make us nervous, you know. Because, you know, you, you, and I'll be honest with you, it can make you a little nervous. Sure, Pastor Shower in and knows what I'm talking about, you know. Because people sometimes do crazy things. I don't know if you've recognized that or not. People, no, no, y'all don't know that. People, some of y'all have done some crazy things. <laughs> We've all been guilty of doing crazy things sometimes. But I found out people do crazy things regardless. This commandment of making disciples was not something that the, that the church came up with down the road somewhere. Not just some good idea. This was a command, one of the last things that our master said before he left. Make disciples of all nations. This was a commandment he gave. And, and, you know, we, we've got to be willing to make that. We've got to be willing to make that to, to, to be obedient to those things. But, you know, you, 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 people do get into error and get off into areas. And, 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 and you know, we, we've, all, we've all been there. 
allow the Holy Ghost to lead you in doing these things. Anything you're obeying in, allow the Spirit of God to direct you in your obedience. How you're doing it, how you're moving, how you're working. You know, let the Scripture, let, let the Scriptures, let the Spirit of God direct you. Don't let other people just tell you how to do it. And we'll get into some of that. But this is a command from the Lord Jesus Christ. So some keys, we've talked about this one, but to being an effective disciple. You've got to be a disciple yourself. Kind of already talked about it, but um, if you're reading those verses, just jump up a few scriptures before that. In Matthew 18, 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountains which Jesus had appointed them. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Notice, he talked to the disciples about, being, about making disciples. There is a principle here, it's called the law of reproduction. Everything produces after its own kind. And this is why it's so important to make sure you are, you are the right kind and you are laying these things down before the Lord. I mean, this is why we ought to take this stuff seriously for ourselves personally, that we're being obedient, right? Not allowing this or that or opinion or thoughts or, or attitudes or whatever get in the way, but have all of this stuff before the Lord because you are reproducing after yourself. I mean, you know, uh, my kids look like our kids, not just my kids. Our kids look like us. You know, they're not going to look like somebody else. They're going to look like us. Sorry. It's going to happen, right? There's, there's no way. There's just, just not, they're, they're going to resemble us. Why? Because there's a law of reproduction. It's passed on. Well, in life, whether you realize it or not, you are reproducing after yourself. You are. It's just happening. You're reproducing after yourself. And so a, a good discipler is someone who is first a good disciple. And like I said, one of the things about being a disciple is they obey. And so uh, um, that's something we, we, have to, we have to work out in ourselves. You know, when Amy was flying, uh, she, went to a, she went to a reputable flight school to learn how to fly. Amy said, well, maybe. Thankfully, I wasn't in the plane with her too often while she was doing that. She didn't get the, the book out. And let's go to the average flight school. That's our name. We're the average flight school. No, she went to the one that had the, now we have Google ratings. You didn't have Google ratings back then. You said the best, if you had the best ad in the yellow pages, you had a little bit more money. Spend. Maybe, you're, maybe that wasn't good logic, but I'm sure she got some uh, good references. Why? Because you're going to be in this guy's hand, Don, he was one of her flight instructors. She's in Don's hands and he's teaching her how to do putting things in her that she will do for the rest of the time she's flying. I mean, I can tell you there are, she, she is a cautious flyer. That's a good thing. She is a cautious flyer. She's not just a, a, just to get in there. Well, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to do it no matter what it looks like. Our lives, we are here today because she's a cautious flyer. The witness of the Holy ghost us be, being obedient and her saying, you know, what, I'm turning the plane around and, and we're, we're, we're not going to do this. We, we had one particular time that we would have been dead had we not obeyed. And, and she was cautious. Well, if something's not right, we're going to do this. Well, you know, that was instilled in her by Don, her flight instructor. He was a very meticulous, very cautious man. And um, uh, that's, you, 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 there's two sides of it. You are a, you, we are to be disciple, to be disciplers, but you're also being discipled. Don't just let anybody speak into your life. If they're not a good disciple, they should not be discipling you. Your own future is worth more than somebody else's offense. We could stop right there and that would be a great thing. You have to be careful what you're reproducing in others. 
got to be careful what you're reproducing in others. Parents, be careful what you're reproducing in your kids. Not just when they're little, but even when they get older. Be careful what you're reproducing in your kids. You're reproducing all the days of your life. You're setting standards, guidelines, norms. You are setting those things. You're living them out in front of them. We need to be careful how we're doing that. We have to reproduce well. The number one reason why people don't disciple some others is because they don't want to submit themselves. Another reason is they don't want to take the time to do it. It does take time. It takes time. Uh, you got to be intentional about these things. Do you have somebody you're working on here at the job? Do you have people that you're investing in? Spiritually investing in? Or is your spiritual investment only here? Well, you do some of that here when you serve in different departments, right? That's why you need to serve in different departments. And I say you need because that need is your obedience to the master. That's part of it. But what, on, what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when you're out doing different Are there people that you're investing in? Believers, non-believers, people that you are, it's going to take time. Raising, I, I found out when we had kids, raising kids takes time. It messes up your life. Right? I mean, you know, people, oh, we're going to have a baby. It's so wonderful. That kid shows up and you're like, oh my goodness. Can I, can I give this thing back? Have you ever parent ever thought that before? I mean, you know, I, I, I always saw it. It's funny. I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've gotten rid of it. Well, it's still out there. I've not closed it yet. But anyway, Instagram account. And you have people, their lives and they're, oh, we're, gonna, we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And you're happy for them. Oh, you know, you're pregnant. That's, that's exciting. But man, the reality of that, you're seeing the pictures people put up and like their home is just, they're, they're welcoming this child will be here soon. And there's just this perfectly color coordinated house, you know, and it's just so wonderful and very just perfectly decorated. You don't realize the terror that's about to move into that thing, right? It will not look like this, right? You won't be just smiling and just happy you're going to have bags under your eyes. You know, you're going to be wearing the sweatpants, you know, you are, it's, it's going to happen, you know, might because it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort doing this is the same thing. Can I tell you, my house has been beaten, busted and messed up because we want to disciple people. We want to invest. I mean, that, 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 that's just part of it. Our lives, our time is not our own. We had to make that decision. And it's, you, know, you do realize this is not just for pastors. He didn't, he didn't call the pastors together and said, make, do this. He called disciples to go make other disciples. And they weren't all pastors. The people they discipled didn't all become preachers. Right? And they were to follow the same, the same, the same deal. It takes time. The second thing we want to talk about, we talked this before, stay in your lane. You got to stay in your lane. We're called to disciple, not pastor. You can't effectively do this. You can't effectively disciple when you take a place God hasn't called you to or anointed you to take. You do realize there is a grace, which is supernatural equipping from God. There's a grace to pastor, to be in the office of a pastor. You do realize that. 
And there's also grace to, to a supernatural clipping from God to disciple people. We've all been called to do that. And so there's a grace to do it, but it's got to be accessed. It's got to be accessed. It's got to be leaned on. But if you try to hold on to one that's not yours, it, it can cause problems. Now, that's not to say the pastor's better. You do realize our obedience to whatever the Lord's asked us to do, if we obey whatever he asks us to do, whether it be a pastor or or have a secular job, which most people, you can't have all preachers, right? I mean, we need people in the workforce. We need, we need people lights out there, right? You do realize people run when they hear my, that I'm a, people I grew up with, they find out I'm a pastor, they suddenly don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it happens. Oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, the high school reunion. So what have you been up to? That's one of the reasons why Facebook, I guess, just kind of weeded some of that out. But so what have you been doing? Well, you know, I'm a pastor. Oh, it's wonderful. I love it. It's just, oh, great. I am a human being. But anyway, um, it's not saying one is better than another because you'll have the same reward for doing what God called and graced you to do as you would for what God called and graced Brother Hagen to do. You'll get the same reward if you're faithful to that. But if you get out of that and get, try to get into something else, it, it, it can, you can miss out on what God has for you and your effectiveness as well. And then you're reproducing the wrong standard. Remember, it's not about being somebody's pastor, it's about somebody's personal spiritual guru. Pastor was talking this morning about back in his hippie days, they all had spiritual gurus back then, you know. We were watching the thing about the Beatles, and they have their, they had, it was, uh, what was that? It was uh, it's, uh, something about the, the, when they did Let It Be, the recording of Let It Be, they have all these video footage, you know, of it. And, and one of the sessions, one of the days, one of the guys had this spiritual guru in the corner you know, making his, doing his chanting and stuff. And, you know, uh, being a, men, be, being a, being a, uh, a disciple is not being someone's spiritual guru. It's, all guru. it's also not being their personal Holy Ghost. It's not being someone's personal Holy Ghost. These are, these are things we have to, I'm just saying it because these things we all have to look out for. They all come from this thing called pride. It's a terrible thing. Uh, you need to be, we need to make sure we're careful to not confuse the person we're working with, confuse their relationship with their pastor or their ability to hear or receive from their pastor. He puts the fivefold ministry gifts in the body for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. When, if we cause interference between a person, a member of the body, and the gifts that God has placed in the church to equip them to, do their, to fulfill their calling in life, that's a bad thing. And it's not a time to try to talk somebody into your own new spiritual revelations. I'm just mentioning some things. I know stuff we all know, right? But people do it, you know, and it's important. You know, you want to try, if you have a new spiritual revelation, try it in your own life. <laughs> fully before you try to work it out with somebody else as well. We probably have all made this mistake before, haven't we? We, we want to make sure that we, we're careful about those things. I know this can be difficult, you know, for people when you, you talk to them about this stuff because everybody wants to have their ministry. We're in Africa. Everybody's got a title. Everybody's got a name. Everybody's got it. They're the supreme bishop and the ultimate, I mean, universal pastor. I mean, they do have these crazy names, you know. And everybody, you probably meet people. They're so-and-so. They've got a ministry and they you know. And we're not trying to degrade, you know, or downplay those things. God does call people to do different things. But um, 
I remember when we were in Jacksonville, uh, you know, we started, went with the blacks to, to Brissacenia Black to, to Jacksonville. And, and uh, our first service, we had 85 people there. That's a big service, you know, to kick off with. They had 85 people in attendance, you know, and we were at the, uh, uh, um, the, the uh, embassy suites, you know, in their ballrooms where we started off and, and um, had just a bunch of people. Anytime you have a new church, you got that many people show up, you're like, man, that's exciting. And then you find out right away, wow, that's really scary because like 80 of those 85 people have a special ministry. And they're so glad to be a part of what you're doing so that they can share their gift with you. Oh, man. We started with 85. I told the parents. We had a parent meeting a few weeks ago. My fr- it's funny when you start something. It's just crazy stuff you saw. My first youth, youth in our youth group tried to kill her family and burn their house down. That was our very first teenager that I met her in the juvenile de- uh, detention center. That's how we met. The parents had me go. We met service number. Hey, we're so-and-so. Our daughter's in, the, in, in juvenile detention. Can you go meet her? Oh, great. Anyway, you know, we're starting the church off, 85 people. Uh, you know, shortly, you really quickly, your number goes down because, you know, half of that crowd had something they wanted to do. We, I remember we had a guy called Horatio, and every single week he would write on the, on the envelope. The, you could put prayer requests on the back of the envelope, you know. Every week, pray for Horatio's music. Next week, pray for Horatio's music. I think Horatio wanted us to know that he had a musical gift. And, and, and Horatio wanted us to call him up to the platform to, 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 to use his gift. And, and when his gift didn't get used... He was done with us. He said, I know it can be difficult. Uh, uh, you might, and, and, you, and I'm just saying this because people can sit and hear some of this and think, well, no one wants to recognize my gift. No one wants to recognize. We've, we've all been there, haven't we? People don't want to. Nobody wants to answer like, not me, brother. I know my gifts. <laughs> you know, no, we've, all, we've all been there, right? <laughs> Let's be, let, can we be real? You, you want people to recognize those things. We do have a promise from the word of God, right? A man's gift will make room for him. If it doesn't make room for you, then one of two things is happening. Either the gift ain't there or God's lying. Right? I mean, it's one of the two. But I will say this, you know, sometimes things take time. Jesus ministered for 30 years before he started doing what he needed to do. At 12, he knew exactly who his daddy was. And he knew what business he was supposed to be doing. But he didn't actually start his ministry, his official Jesus Christ Ministerial Association ministry, until he was 30. Paul rode to Damascus. Incredible visitation, right? Incredible thing happened. You realize, and of course, he shared his testimony. He was in the temple talking to the, to the Jews, but his ministry, really, his missionary ministry uh, of reaching the Gentiles didn't start for three years. Joseph was in captivity for like 13 years. He was sold as a slave. He was either a slave or a prisoner for 13 years. And then he spent another nine years before his family showed up and the dream God gave him came to pass. Don't get in a big old hurry. Just be where God's called you to be, right? These things are for our protection, right? They are for our protection. Every man will give an account for these things. We want to make sure we we have a good account to give 
before the Lord. Amen. The, the next thing is the best instructional tool will be your example. Your best instructional tool would be your example. In Matthew 28, it says, in the, in the 20th verse, it says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Well, how do we teach? I refer to, to what Paul said to Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, 12, he said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and in purity. Our number one instructional tool won't be quoting scripture. It'll be the life lived. And that goes back to you obeying. It really comes back to the foundation of being a disciple yourself because you are demonstrating that. Pastor's been talking about the fruit of the spirit. And uh, uh, on Sundays, and I tell you what, this is, this is a part it's called crucifying the flesh, not walking according to the flesh, walking according to the spirit. That's tough. That's work, right? But that's how you teach. Walking in love on the job. You can read 1 Corinthians 13, walking in love on the job. Walking in joy, not complaining. Not being a gossip. How about someone who calls those things not as they are, but as as they should be demonstrating mercy, serving, giving our, our number one instructional tool is our example. And it's important. We, we make sure that that is, that it is what it needs to be. Make sure your example is good to the things pastor's been talking about Sunday is really, really important. It's really important in our life, but those things don't happen unless we make a point for them to happen. Next thing is don't elevate your personal opinion to scripture level. <laughs> Talk about being a good disciple. Is this all right? <laughs> don't elevate your personal opinion to scripture level. What's the deal? One is absolute and one isn't. <laughs> right? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you notice, I'm not like, like criticizing anybody. These are things that will be a help to us. I want all of us to be effective. I want all of us to do a good job. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. I know you know this. All scripture, that's why you can obey all of it, because all scripture is given by God or given by inspiration of God. NIV says God breathed. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. One of the reasons why we, say myself included, we struggle to obey is because we don't put scripture where it needs to be. It's absolute. I know we live in a world where absolute is kind of like a thing people don't want to talk about. You know, absolute, what, what's true, what's not really is, is approached from a, from a position of my perspective. I've had people say, well, that's my truth. You've heard that before, right? That's my truth. That, that's, that's my truth. And, 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 you know, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but this is my truth. It, it's either true or it isn't. Right? I mean, there are things that are either yes or no. They're either they're one or the other. Well, you know, the reason why people sometimes, myself included, we, we've had a hard time in obedience is that we've not had all Scripture in a place that it needs to be. It is absolute. It is absolute. There's danger when we don't view it as we should. His word is forever settled in heaven, and he does not change. 
If it's going to be absolute later, we probably ought to treat it as absolute now. I mean, that, that really is important. If it's absolute then, we could, we could stay and talk about all kinds of things. Keeping our passion for the Lord strong, no matter what's going on, Do you think it's going to be important we do that in heaven? We're going to need to love Jesus. He's going to expect us to love him every day. It would be the right thing to do. We should do that here. Not being an offense here. You know, what we do with our time, our money, our, our, our resources. What the word says is absolute. Doctrine is absolute. And yes, we're all growing and understanding of different things, but we must walk in the light we have if we're going to have more light. This is important stuff. But you know, human ideas are not absolute. Some things that uh, ideas, standards, procedures, concepts outside of Scripture won't even work for, 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 for different people the same way. You know? Scripture's absolute. Human ideas are not. We can't mix opinion with God's Word. Our opinions should be based upon the word of God or godly principles, but we can never exalt our opinion to a place of being divinely inspired. Remember, we're called to be disciplers, not merely mentors. Now, this is something that I've heard a lot of lately. I've actually got a minister friend that he's, he's been talking about being a mentor. And being a mentor, there are things, I think Steve Green, he's, he's, he's I didn't grow up hunting, you know, and, and he's mentoring me in hunting, you know. How not to do this again, you know, get hit with a scope. And so, uh, uh, you know, he's mentoring me in these things. I'm learning, right? Uh, uh, and so I, we want those kind of things, you know, how to cook, how to do this, you know, uh, things here, things there. Uh, but, but mentoring shouldn't be elevated to the place of, of, of discipleship and scripture. Because sometimes opinions work for you. And maybe they played out good for you, and maybe they will continue to play out. Some things good today may not do produce what people thought they would produce later. You know, a good intention today sounds good right now, but down the road it may look a little different. That's, that's the problem with human wisdom, because we don't know the beginning from the end, right? But a lot of times people want to, to promote their opinion, or how they've done things, to the place of Scripture. That's actually really dangerous, you can't, even, you can't even promote what the Lord has told you to do in a specific situation if it's not specifically said in the Word to somebody else. I have a friend of mine that, that, that uh, he was at a service where the, the minister of the Lord, I've talked about this before, the, the, the Holy Spirit had told him to give his suits away. Right? Go give your suits away. So he, this minister gave his suits away and, and God blessed him with all these new suits and God blessed him because he obeyed. We don't have a, a suit 316 scripture in the Bible that tells you what to do, right? New suit 316, it doesn't exist. But he had a word from the Spirit of God, you know, and, 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 and he did this. Well, my friend heard it, and he took that word for that pastor for himself, and he gave his suits away. In the next service, he showed up, pulled up his car outside the meeting in the parking lot, opened the trunk, hung his suits up on the back of the trunk, said, come on, grab a suit. He's giving his suits away. His church right after that went to jeans because he didn't have any suits. And he never got any suits in return for his giving of suits. (laughs) 
We, I know, I know you've never done it. You ever heard of somebody give a testimony? I'm going to do that. You better be careful. Did the Lord tell you to do that? He did tell you to tithe. He did tell you to give. But did he tell you to, to give that extra over here or, or did he tell you to do something else? Personal opinion can't be presented as inspired by God. We have to judge everything according to the word. You know, when, when people uh, uh, are, are speaking into our lives, you have to judge the things that they say by the word of God. And understand, people are not perfect. Ask yourself this question. Even ask yourself the stuff you're saying. Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with a direct principle in God's word? How does fit, this fit with other, other truths in God's word? What is the source this is coming from? Are they reliable? Do they have a good track record? What is their invested time versus invested interest? A lot of times people have a lot to say, but they don't want to take a whole lot of time to do it. Somebody who really cares will take the time to get it across, right? Jesus said you judge a tree by its fruit. Like I said, I've missed it. I'll definitely miss it again. We can never be like closed off to somebody because they make a mistake. But we need to judge things by the word of God. You can appreciate somebody's heart even in the midst of those things. But still be led by the spirit, right? Don't run from tough stuff. As a disciple, you can't run from the tough stuff. Remember, this is something we've all been called to do. Ephesians chapter 4, he was uh, verses 11 through 16. Uh, he's talking, and uh, uh, Paul was writing here about the different uh, ministry gifts. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And even ministers, we make mistakes. Say, you know, have things that we think is right. That's why we always got to be open to God instructing us more, right? You know, and, and growing us and developing us. And we, we, always, we also grow into seeing things in, in, in deeper ways and in different lights. There's a lot of different sides to mountains and, and subjects sometimes. But um, he said he gave these gifts for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. He goes on to say part of that is verse 15 is speaking the truth in love. Yeah, pastors should speak the truth and love ministers. Yes, but this is referring to saints in the midst of the work of the ministry, speaking the truth in love. When they do this, that, that people grow up into all things into him who's head, the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined in it together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Sometimes to be a good discipler, you can't, like I said, you can't run from tough stuff. This afternoon, uh, I was uh, thinking about this, and once again, Steve came to attention. Steve Green came to attention. There was many years ago, I don't know how long ago it was, we had a, we had a fellowship uh, that was going on. And, uh, uh, you know, as a pastor, one of the pastoral stuff, I know there's stuff, some things that get discussed that don't get discussed in front of me. Right? <laughs> Did you know that happens? You didn't know that? Well, there you go. Pastor learned something. There are some things that, that get talked about that never get brought up in front of somebody in the pastoral staff or somebody that's connected. You know, people think it's connected. And, and uh, so there was one particular event that, that uh, was going on, and, and Amy and I were part of that group. Well, for something had happened. I think we had a youth event or something was going on. We weren't there or had already left or whatever. And the discussion went another direction after people had left. The, the, the conversation had went another direction. You know what I'm talking about? 
You ever been in a conversation that went another direction? It was one direction, then it went another direction. You, can you imagine the direction I'm talking about? It wasn't a good direction. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And the conversation went another direction. And uh, the talk went, started, started getting pretty intense about problems with the church and problems with the pastor. Can there be problems in a church? Well, sure. We're here. You're here. Right? We're all here. There could be stuff, right? There ain't a, there's not a perfect place out there. That's, that's, heaven will be great. It'll be perfect. We ain't there yet. So discussion went this way, and, and things started being said, and problems people had, and, and things being brought up, and one problem that this person had suddenly is now becoming this person's problem, because they're really selling their problem. The re, what are they doing? They're reproducing after themselves, right? That law of reproduction is happening. Well, to be a good disciple, you have to be willing to say, in love, hold up a minute. Isn't that fun? Ever been in a situation where you're like, well, actually, uh, I don't agree with that. And, and, and uh, we shouldn't even be having this conversation right now. If you're going to be a good disciple, you, you've got to be willing to, 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 to not just run from the tough stuff. In love, just say, hey, that's not right. If you can't do it, you can't disciple. You know, your silence in that moment says a lot. Your silence says a lot. And Steve spoke up and said, hey, that's not good. We're not having this conversation. This isn't going on. And I thank God for that. And, and it put an end to the conversation. It made them mad at Steve. They were already mad at the pastors. Huh? Oh, and Michelle. Yeah, everybody's already mad at Michelle. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> but people want to be liked. For ministers, that's one of the hardest things. I love I'm a people person, people person. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person. I like people. And a lot of people don't like me. I like me. I don't know why. I like people to like me, you know? <laughs> but if you're going to be a good disciple, people are going to be upset with you sometimes. And you make mistakes, sure. Be upset when you make a mistake, but I'm going to a while, walk in love with each other, you know. But Steve stood up and said, we're not doing this, we're not having this conversation. And, and they got upset with them. A good disciple is willing to not run from the tough stuff. One minister was, uh, there, there is this audio recording that happened years ago. Um, uh, Brother Hagen had, had hold, held a meeting with heads of uh, different ministries, called them together. Uh, to talk about a particular subject. And he told him at the beginning it was recorded in case anybody had a question who was there. At the beginning of it, he said, listen, we're going to talk about something, but don't talk about this outside of this meeting. We're going to discuss this, and I don't want it leaving the room. This is preachers. And he had this conversation, and this particular minister was there. He wasn't gone 20 minutes from that meeting, and his phone started ringing. Hey, did, did, did this really just happen? Even even preachers sometimes make mistakes, you know. And he wouldn't even discuss it with them. I'm not going to talk to you about it. Well, I heard this. No, no, we're not, we're not having this discussion. Sometimes you just got to be say, you know what? I'm not going to be involved in this. This isn't right. This isn't the right thing. I have a saying that I love. Keith Moore said this when we were at Raymond. Don't let somebody else drop their garbage in your ears. 
Don't let someone else deposit their garbage into your ears. I'm just not going to have it. Well, but it's, they actually got a point. I'm not going to let someone else deposit their garbage in my ears. This stuff will help you. Nobody likes being the bad guy, but uh, uh, I tell you, being the bad guy oftentimes is rescuing people from the enemy's trap. People need to hear the truth. What they do with it is their responsibility. And if they don't do something well with it, if you did it in love, now if you were hateful about it, you need to apologize, repent, don't do it again. But if you did it in love, don't, don't, don't take their response as validation whether you should or shouldn't have. Obey the Lord, and if they don't do it well or don't take it well, that's on them. If you don't do it or don't do it, don't deliver it correctly, then it's on you. But if you do those things, it's on them. This is the last one. We've been here for 55 minutes. Is this okay tonight? Uh, these are important things. Also, a little side thought. If you're the person people always want to run to with their issues, you may want to check up on yourself. Now, Steve obviously had issues. They went to, no, I'm just kidding. Steve was in the room, and uh, he was there. And uh, apparently when it started, they had all been having this conversation when Steve came in, and, and they kept on going. They felt emboldened, you know, they kept right on going. Uh, well, that's, that's, we, we need to, we need to uh, run from that. And this is something the Lord's dealt with me about recently. He's always dealing with us about stuff. This is, this is how he said it to me. Make space, but don't make chase. Make space, but don't make chase. You know, you've got to make space to, be, to disciple somebody, to, to invest spiritually into somebody's life. You have to make time. You have to make opportunities. That's part of being hospitable. You have to do this. That's, that's a godly character, being hospitable, being open. You know, one of the things uh, uh, Christopher Allen had said years ago that's always stuck with me about uh, uh, the Islamic faith is when a person becomes a Muslim, when they convert to Islam, they are immediately just welcomed in as family. I mean, and, and not just when they meet at the mosque, suddenly you're going to be in my house, you're going to be a part of what I'm doing right away, we're together in this. And he said very few people leave Islam because it, they just get brought into the, to, to every part of life, not just the times they meet together for services or, or whatever they call it, you know, meeting, meeting at, at the mosque, but life becomes intertwined with each other. You have to make room, time and opportunity for this. You've got to be intentional about it. You have to make space for this. But being available is not forcing other people to respond. If you... Or get into the habit of chasing and not, not just making space, but chasing people. You'll run yourself ragged. And actually, you represent the Father incorrectly. I don't know about anybody else. When I've been hard-headed, the Lord has let me be hard-headed. If I had an attitude or got offended, He let me have an attitude and be offended. If I was being lazy, He let me be lazy. Right? I mean, he would talk, and we've all been there. He says a couple things to you. He didn't scream at me. But pretty quickly, he goes quiet. He gets quiet pretty quickly. Sometimes we give people the wrong impression that the Lord will always chase after us. It doesn't matter what I do today because they're going to keep coming back. God's going to keep coming back. He may not because the, may, the time may come when that person's heart is completely hardened. And I've actually had the Lord tell me, don't 
pray about that person. Don't talk to me about that person again. Oof. Praying for somebody and the Lord cut me off. Do not bring them up to me again. Yikes. We, we can give people the wrong impression. There'll be times the Holy Spirit directs us to invest more time into someone who isn't getting it or gets it but isn't doing it. There, there are definitely those cases where he does this. But there can be a habit of chasing and you can wear yourself out. You can start chasing after somebody and never have room for somebody else because they're not open and the Lord's not asking you to chase. You, may, you gave them space, but now you're chasing them. Uh, a minister friend of mine who's now pastoring, he said uh, he went to the Lord. He was complaining about teenagers when he was uh, a youth pastor. I've never done this. And um, he was complaining to the Lord about these teenagers, you know. And, and uh, uh, can I just take a look? Just the ones I have been guilty of chasing in the past. Not chasing in a weird way, but you know, like, you know, like, you know, like hey, coming to my house or something. No, but I'm like chasing, like you're just, just chasing after them. Just like, come on, hey, what are you doing? And hey, and, and just, I don't know a single one of them that's serving God. I don't know a single one of them that's doing that. And it got me frustrated in the meantime. He was frustrated and he went to the Lord about it. And, um, the, you know, the Lord real quickly said, uh, he said, did Jesus, he said, did, did I do this to people in the Bible? Did I chase after people? Remember when Jesus was telling them, you know, he was, he was saying, if you eat my flesh and drink this cup, and they're like, wow, this is hard to hear. And, and, and the disciples, the people that were there, they all left him. And the 11 were sitting there left. And what did he say? Boys, go get them. Don't let him go. Go get him. Go get him. We got to get him. We got to get him. We got to get him. Is that what he said? He looked at him and he said, are you going to leave me too? For me, this has been one of the toughest things and I'm still learning it. You know, it's to not take it too far. Yeah. Uh, Brother Hagen, um, I'm almost done. Brother Hagen, uh, his, he's got health food and, and faith food. It's online. You go to Rama's website. Uh, they've got an every day, an update uh, of a new um, uh, devotional for the day, health food, faith food, and you can just have it on your phone. We do this, we told this with the youth, have it on your phone every day, just refresh it, get the new one for the day. Great short thing to read. November the 1st, uh, I was in, uh, I was in um, uh, Italy with uh, Brother Rich, and um, November the 1st, this was what he wrote in, um, in, uh, in the health food. He said, Jesus once said to me something that astounded me. He said, if I ministered like people thought I did, then when I came to Nazareth, instead of getting a few healed and, and getting run out of town, that's exactly what happened. In fact, they would have killed him if, if they could have and thrown him off a cliff. Jesus said, I would have gotten all the people together, including the leaders of the city of Nazareth, and said to them, get six totally blind people and line them up here. We'll have the doctors examine them to certify that, in fact, they are totally blind. Jesus continued, they would have gotten six deaf and mute people and had the doctors examine them to certify the fact that they were totally deaf and mute. I would have had found uh, six people with the palsy and creeping paralysis and had the doctors examine them to prove that they had the disease. Then I would have healed them in front of everyone to prove who I am. But, he said to me, I didn't minister that way. I don't expect you to minister that way. My ministry consisted of teaching, preaching, and healing. And, those, and this is what he said. And those who didn't accept the teaching and preaching didn't get the healing. 
He said, and those who didn't accept the teaching and preaching didn't, didn't get the healing. We've imagined that they did. Most people want to go, go to a meeting and be healed, but they don't want to go pay any attention to the preaching, preaching or teaching of God's word. God doesn't work that way. God works in line with his word. God works through faith in his word, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's, that's a good thing to, to, to go by. Uh, like I said, the Lord will lead you to press through sometimes. But you have to follow this. You have to follow your heart. Because if we don't, we can, we can get burned out. We can be overextended. We, we can think this whole thing is too hard, too difficult. And this is something the Lord's had to deal with me about because you, 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 you can't become somebody's connection. You can't do it for them. No matter how bad you want it, you can't do it. And I'm not going to quit because this is what I'm called to do. I'm going to do this. As long as I'm here, I'm going to do this. But I can be miserable in doing it. I can get out of my grace for doing it. I can get out of effectiveness in doing it if I'm trying to, 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 to um, if, if I'm chasing. He didn't chase. He doesn't chase. We shouldn't chase either. These are things that will just be good, helpful to us. These are good things to, that will be helpful for, to us. This is a commandment that he gave to make disciples of all nations. We're in a desperate need in the body of Christ for people to, by example, live out their faith in front of people. Speak the truth. Speak God's word. You know, uh, uh, be the light. Right? Represent Christ well. Teaching people to observe. We're in a desperate need for this in the body of Christ. We're in a desperate need for this in, in the world. People need to see real Jesus in us. They need to see what this looks like, not just in form, because we're here on church on Sunday, but in application in our life. Well, th- these are things that will help us. These are things that will help us be effective in these areas. Me and, and, and Amy and Pastor, Pastor Angela, Steve, Rachel, we, we can't do this ourselves. It's not possible. But there is grace on each of us to do this. By the direction and, by, and through the direction of the Spirit of God, we can be directed. We've got to keep these things in balance. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.